here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. Today I'm talking about another Anne Rule bad guy, Alan Blackthorne. Content warnings are for child sexual abuse, animal abuse, and men scheming on the golf course. Our Patreon is starting on September 10th. Please join us there. Don't embarrass us. Don't embarrass me in front of my mom. She'll see. She'll ask. We have a tier that's just general support if you want to help us keep the fucking lights on in this place. There's another tier where we offer three bonus episodes a month, as well as always ad-free regular episodes. Um, No, but we're really happy about it. We feel good about it. And it is like fun for us to do. So join. Yeah, join September 10th. We'll post something on Instagram, um, like the link or whatever. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Enjoy. Okay. This is another Anne Rule special. This is what I do. I find an Anne Rule book that I loved and I tell you about it. My whole life. Yeah. It's Sheila Bellish. She was born in 1962. Anything you want to say about that? My dad. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad was also born in 1962. (laughs) (laughs) She had five siblings. She was feisty and was best friends with her younger sister, Carrie. She was very small. She ended up only being like five feet tall. Um, Wow. What might that be like? Finished. Like that was it for her. Um, And like 100 pounds. When she's a child, her parents divorce and her mom marries another man. And they move the whole family to Arizona where they have a peach orchard. Very cool. Very cool. A couple years later, he gets a different job and they all move to Oregon. Because if we're talking Anne Rule, everything's going to be in the Pacific Northwest, at least partly. Yeah. My friend recently floated the idea of like doing a little road trip like up the coast. Um, I-5? I- <laughs> or whatever the fuck? Are you kidding? <laughs> a little hiking. Oh, come on. <laughs> she attends high school in Salem, Oregon and gets excellent grades. After high school graduation, she takes some classes at a community college and gets a job at a criminal defense attorney law firm. And she meets Alan Von Hout, who's 27, and he's just divorced for the second time. Hang on. Oh, yeah. We'll get into why. We don't need to keep getting married. Really? <laughs> he loves it. He's 6'2. He is a successful businessman. He owns a stereo store. A what? A stereo. Pardon? <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right. Stereo store. Oh my God. Um, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, he asked her out and she eagerly accepted. Mm-hmm. So he tells Sheila that he was forced to declare bankruptcy because his ex-wife ruined their finances and had taken everything in their divorce. Here we go. All right. He wines and dines, Sheila. She's 18, by the way. So, oh, like, no. she's new to this. Yeah. And <laughs> the like, world, that is. <laughs> um, Why would a 28-year-old have anything in common with or be into an 18-year-old beyond I enjoy her naivete? Yeah, there isn't one. Right. Um, by the third date, she was like madly in love telling her sister, Carrie, I'm madly in love with this guy. Yeah. I like an older, good looking. Yeah. You mentioned he, him being tall. He was tall. He had a stereo store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, she wanted to like get married and have kids. Like that's what she wanted out of life. So okay. this seems great. I mean, horrible, but great. Um, well, people can do what they want. Uh, her <laughs> Not par- at 18, they can't. <laughs> her parents were impressed with him. Mm. And he convinced them to invest in his business. Right. (laughs) He told them he'd give them 49% of the shares in his store and he would keep 51%. But why would he, everyone, why would he want that if he were normal? If he were like 
actually doing well right why would he want a girl he'd known for like a minute to get her entire family involved and give them half of everything he earns (laughs) why would he want that right i don't know you know yeah all right um they used a home equity loan to open a line of credit to do that and now sheila's like wedding planning she's like it's on so let's talk about alan um, he was born in 1955. His parents were teenagers when he was born. His father, um, his name was Guy, and had a pretty horrible childhood and just decided to um, repeat that. He meets Karen, who is Alan's mom. Um, and after they graduated from high school, they get married. But Guy had ditched her before Alan was even born, like in utero. So Karen is resenting Alan, the baby, for her husband leaving her and would tell him all the time. Fuck you a little bit. Fuck you big time. Yeah. I mean, like, I get you're literally a child. Right. You're having a hard time dealing with having a fucking child. This sucks. What hell? Yeah. But come the fuck on. Like, you're looking at a tiny, brand new baby. (sighs) Yeah. And she is, like, physically abusive to him and obviously verbally and tells him horrible things. Um, Mm. This shit creeps me the fuck. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It Mm. reminds me of when Khloe Kardashian was pregnant with True and was like, I'm sad it's a girl because I know Tristan's going to love her more than me. She said that out loud on television. On TV. She was like, I'm jealous. He's going to love her more. What? Yeah, we have a major issue with that. I'm stunned. Okay. Yeah. So Guy only saw Alan once in his infancy. And by the time Guy was 25, he had abandoned five different children. Oh, fuck off. Get cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Get fucking neutered. Like, you're not fit. No, he's like, likes it. I feel like it's like a fetish thing. We're breeding. Yeah. We're like Elon. Yeah. Exactly. No. So he he had married Karen. He married someone else. And then a third marriage ended up lasting 15 years. And he had two children with her and actually raised those kids and never told them about his other marriages or other children. Yeah, you're rotten. I mean, how yeah. can you how can you deem a few children worth giving Sticking a fuck her- about? Yeah. And another child, not worth it to me. He's really like, it's not good. Yeah. Alan's worse. But he's bad and like set the tone for sure. Okay. So Karen goes on to marry three times and have five more children. Oh, God. She screams and abuses, screams at them, abuses them. Da, 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 da. Alan moves in with his grandparents in the late 60s. So he's like 15. Um, in 1970, he asks his aunt Debbie if he can live with her and her husband. And they were like, um, we'll talk about it. Like next time we're in town. Uh-huh. But the next morning he's knocking on their door and he's like, I've come to stay. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. He had walked and hitchhiked, hitchhiked the 300 miles. You can't really call on people right. for huge fucking favors right. out of nowhere and show up like, hey, remember that favor you kind of maybe barely agreed to? Right. Well, I think he's like, I'm here. They're not going to turn me away. Yeah. But the grandparents are like, it was so st-. he didn't say bye. he didn't tell us he was leaving. He just disappeared. And they're like, that was weird because I thought we had a good relationship. And, and he I thought just, we had a kid. Yeah. He just up and gone and they're like i think he might have issues with attachment (laughs) yeah yeah um so he stays with debbie and her husband for about a year and then he you uh you did that like andrew tate what about a year (laughs) (laughs) podcast um he stayed with them for about a year and then he's like i'm gonna go meet my dad for the first time basically you don't want to so he goes to meet guy and this is um guy's gotta fess up to his third wife and say i have other children and other ex-wives oh fuck i didn't even think about that knock 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 here's my 15 year old son who wants to move in with us and they do he does 
guy's wife, Suzanne, is like trying to make the best of it, which is bigger than I would be probably. So they, ha- Suzanne and Guy have two sons. Oh God, Alan's we're all going to fight. Half brothers. So Alan would play sadistic games with them. One of them being, <laughs> this is so strange. Are they little? I don't think they're like little, little. They're like 10? Yeah. Okay. He would tie one of their hands around their back, put a tennis racket in the other, and then like throw a fishing hook at them and they'd have to like bat it away or it would like cut into their skin hurt them yeah or they'd get caught like a fucking fish yeah or like take an eye out like oh really my God, dangerous dude. yeah also suzanne's underwear starts to go missing um one day they're all in the car and like guy gets out to get something and he turns to suzanne and says i'm gonna break you guys up whatever it takes alan told her that yeah I don't even know you, dude. Get the fuck out of my car. Also, if like the mere fact that you exist didn't break us up, I don't know what will. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do? He'll kick you out in a heartbeat. He doesn't give a fuck about you. Notoriously does not care about his kids. (laughs) Guy? Yeah. This guy? (laughs) We find Alan likes to wear women's clothing. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I know. (laughs) So he stays with them for a few years and then he moves out when he's an adult, but he stays in the same town. He briefly joins the Mooney cult, but only for a few months. <laughs> oh. So Guy and Suzanne do end up divorcing, and Guy marries for the fourth time, divorces again, and in his late 50s, he's living with a 26-year-old who has had his ninth child. That's his dad. Dad, dad. Okay. And like, uh, what are you, Dennis Quaid? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, doing? What are you Alec what Baldwin? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... So Alan was charming to people who didn't know him, but people who grew up with him, like he's weird and creepy. Mm. But if you just met him on the street, you'd be like, oh, he's a nice guy. If you were Sheila, you'd see Mm. him, wouldn't know his creepy fishing hook history. You'd be like, fine, great guy. Very like superficially charming. Just like, don't ask questions. Don't like look at me too long. Right. (laughs) Um, In high school, he dated a woman named Ellen. And in 1973, they joined the army together. They married and moved to Fort Dix, New Jersey for basic training. They got honorable discharges and moved to Mexico briefly. Okay, this is upsetting. Um, During their marriage, he beat their German shepherd to death. They had gone on like a weekend trip and he was like, we can leave the dog completely unattended. And when they came home, the dog had fucking destroyed the house and shit everywhere. So he beat it to death. Oh, God, it's too sad. Yeah, we've had a few lately of like beating a dog to death. And I'm here to tell you, it takes a long fucking time. It's so like power over another being. I don't mean to make anybody fucking weep, but like we've all heard a dog make that little cry yeah and it would have to be doing that for a long time and that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt you that wouldn't make you no and like like it's a german shepherd it's not a little thing like it could put up a fight like this lasts a long time yeah (sighs) and ellen's obviously fucking freaked out obviously yeah but like call 911 yeah it's like he wanted to get mad at the dog though like he set it up to piss him off you know what i mean yeah no you're right totally So during their marriage, she got pregnant twice. The first was given up for adoption, and the second was terminated after he kicked her in the stomach and told her the child would now be our word. Oh, my God. Um, He's really bad. He was also an exhibitionist and would try to get his brothers to watch him have sex with Ellen and sex workers. He'd leave the door open and make really loud noises and would leave like weird notes around like detailing his what? escapades. Uh, no, like what? Like, <laughs> hey guys, did you hear what I did last night? Oh. Like true, like he'd like send them letters about that. Um, 
why do you want your people who are related to you? Like, I feel like that would be another level of it. I think it's just like ultimate domination. Like, listen to this. Ew, dude. I don't know. Oh, you don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you. In 1978, Ellen divorces him. In 1979, he marries his second wife, Mary, and quickly becomes abusive, obviously. Mm. She flees to the South. Um, and years later, his Aunt Debbie and his um, and her husband, Tom, ran into her waitressing at a like a restaurant in the South. And mm. she freaked out and was like, you cannot tell him where I am. Like, years later. And they're like, we won't. Like, we know he is not cool so they yeah. don't say anything obviously i've been hiding from him for five years yeah, yeah. like changed her identity left her whole life behind wow what yeah. the fuck did he do yeah i don't know okay february 1983 him and sheila get married no sheila yeah sheila they move <laughs> <laughs> they move in with sheila's parents for the first few months but sister carrie's a teenager at this point and she's like i think alan's cr- a creep um, she tries to tell Sheila, like, I don't like him, but Sheila's like, fuck you, you're 14. I'm doing what I want. I'm a grown woman. You're 18. Yeah. But okay. I'm worried that we might have a Ken and Barbie. Don't put Sheila on like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but okay, this is creepy. One day, Carrie has like fallen asleep on her bed and she wakes up and Alan is on top of her. What the fuck? And he says, oh, don't worry. We're just keeping it in the family. Oh, fuck. I know you wish. I oh. know you fucking wish that we would keep it in the family, making your brothers watch. You yeah. fucking freak. Yeah. You fucking love that shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Get off of her. So he does, and she never tells anyone. Come on. Yeah. I'm sure she felt like all I can do here is try and pretend that didn't fucking happen. Yeah. And she's like, I don't think Sheila would have believed me. Like, and I had yeah. already come to her, said I didn't like him. Now I'm saying this. Like, she, she probably m- would think I was making it up. And she might like hate me now. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I isolate my sister further. Yeah. Okay. So he buys a second stereos. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> stereo. What is it? Is it stereo? Yeah. Stereo. Stereo. He buys a second store and um, <laughs> Sheila's pregnant within a year. They move to an apartment in Portland and they name their daughter Stevie Nicks Lee Von Hout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. The businesses are not doing well. I don't even think that we're running them. I don't think we're running them either, frankly. Okay. In 1984, Sheila's parents begin to see the issues with the business. Yeah. Um, Like a warehouse that was supposed to be filled with new equipment was actually filled with like junk, like trash. Like, not, like broken TVs, like broken equipment. Like he said he had all this money like in collateral, like yeah. all these new products and he didn't. Um, Sheila's father, Don, his driver's license was revoked for not paying tickets. Turns out Alan had copied his license and was using it. So his infractions were put on Don's record. What the fuck kind of idea? I don't know why he did that. <laughs> why would you? And hey, don't get a parking ticket. Right. I think he's getting like speeding tickets too. Don't. Don't. What if you didn't? No, I have to. Why? I want to be fast. <laughs> um, Alan also got the title to his van and like their boat and sold them. Weird. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We know going into the marriage that we're not going to be married for long. Right? If we're Alan? Yeah. 
Oh, Alan? Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah. Like, you can't, you don't do all that shit and fuck up her entire family if you think you're going to be together for a while. Oh, yeah. No, he's like, I'm going to milk him for all that. I'm going to milk it and then fuck off. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, he's blaming the failure of his business on her parents. Um, so they moved to Hawaii in 1985. Her family? No, Sheila and um, Alan and Stevie Nicks. Oh, right. <laughs> so At least I have Stevie. He goes to visit Taiwan to look for new inventions to bring home and like make himself rich. So he brings um, an ab muscle stimulator that's like supposed to give you abs. You know what I'm talking about. I think I do. Yeah. Okay. It's just like you wrap it around. It stimulates the muscles that are supposed to like contract and it's supposed to give you abs. Um, he calls it the health tronic. Um, and buys a ton of the devices and starts this business. So sister Carrie goes to visit Sheila in Hawaii and she's four months pregnant with her second child. And she's like, she looks so tired, so malnourished and just like not happy. We're malnourished and pregnant. Yeah. yeah maybe. Fuck? Maybe. 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 <laughs> also guy and his other son were living in the house because they were in on the ab muscle business with Alan. Yeah. So Carrie sees bruises on Sheila and had witnessed Alan verbally harassed her in front of everybody. In 1985, the FDA shuts Alan's business down for making false claims about the muscle machine. Yeah. Um, and then we have their second daughter, Daryl Hannah. Oh my God. <laughs> Give them their own name. <laughs> Was born in July, 1985. <laughs> so now Sheila has two girls under two. Named? Named Daryl Hannah and Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, you know what? That'll happen when you let a teenager name their kid. Yeah. Well, we find out why he wanted them to have boys' names. Alan's thing is that he flees when the going gets tough, honestly. So he flees Hawaii and brings his family to Texas. Guy kept the business and was able to sell them as like health devices instead of exercise devices. So mm. that changed whatever. Changed everything. It changed everything. <laughs> um, so Sheila and Alan go to visit Carrie and her husband. Oh, yeah. Carrie's gotten married and Carrie makes a remark about like to Alan being like, you better be nicer to Sheila or like she's going to leave you. Mm. And he's like, if she ever did that, I'd just kill her. Uh, hardly a solution. And they're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. No. Um, at this time, he changes his name to Alan Blackthorn after a character in his favorite book, Shogun. What? I don't know why. He just did. He also changes his social security number, which is so hard to do. Can you do that? It's like so hard to do. But so he also used his daughter's social security numbers. Yeah. That's okay. why he wanted them to have boy names. So he could um, pretend to be them. So Sheila gets a job at a law office um, and Alan starts a new business with more ab stimulators. And it's actually working really well. Whatever. The, the actual devices. He's actually making a lot work? of money. No. <laughs> but people buy them. <laughs> right. He starts having affairs, obviously. Mm. And he's bringing women home to have sex in their bedroom with the door open. They have children? Yeah. They have two children. Do I have to bring up Stevie Nicks and Daryl <laughs> again? <laughs> um, is she home while we're doing that? I don't know. I'm sure She he, knows about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he, knowing him, knowing Alan, I feel that he loved Oh yeah, flaunting an affair in front of her. Yeah. Like, put up with it. What are you going to do? And, like, that being a form of domination, too. Yeah. Like, I can fuck other people, like, literally in your bed in front yeah, of you. Yeah, you're nothing. You do? Yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible. 1987, Alan beats Sheila with a belt and punches her in the face. 
Oh my fucking God. He's charged with battery. Sheila takes the girls and hides for the night in a church basement and then drives to Oregon to see her family. When she gets there, her family barely recognizes her. She was like 85 pounds at this point. Oh. Yeah. Why do we think? I don't know. Stress? Are they broke? Is she not? They're not broke. But um, I don't know. Um, a lot of reasons. They stay with Carrie and her husband, and then they find an apartment of their own, and she files for divorce. She was given custody of the girls, but Alan had visitation rights. And their um, identities. And their identities. <laughs> <laughs> and their credit karma accounts. <laughs> He files for bankruptcy, um, but I think that I don't think he actually needed to. I think he was trying to hide money from her. Sheila ends up having to sue his company to get 22% of the business, which is worth almost $300,000, but she got nothing because there were current lawsuits going on and he was able to like hide the profits. Yeah. You're a worm. Yes. So he would visit the girls occasionally. And when Stevie is three, she confides in a friend that her father had been touching her sexually. Fuck off. Get the fuck out of my life, dude. Yeah. Like, abandon me. I'm begging you. (laughs) Don't be a hero. (laughs) Leave us, please. (laughs) Um, So Sheila files petitions to stop the visits, takes Stevie to a doctor and a psychologist. Mm. The psychologist confirms that, yes, she probably was molested. Mm. Um good mom yeah alan was charged with aggravated sexual assault but the charges were dismissed because there wasn't enough proof a kid told ya i know i wouldn't make this shit up i know it's hard out there hard to prove out there it is as the girls get older they start preferring staying at their dad's house because he has a lot of money and he would tell them they don't have any rules they can come and yeah. go as they please and he would encourage them to disobey their mother when they're there and to talk back to her so if sheila would discipline them they'd say fuck you mommy we don't have to listen to you daddy says we can talk to the judge and we can go live with him whenever we want yeah children are fucking dumb i don't know what to tell <laughs> you so um he files for full custody um, but he loses. And then she was actually awarded more child support, which made him angry. Livid. Of course it did. So 1992, Sheila meets a man named Jamie Bellish. And they get married in 1993. He is a pharma rep. He's an ex-Marine. At their rehearsal dinner, Sheila is served with court papers from Alan. And they oh had to God. miss their honeymoon to appear in court. Like, he's just making her life miserable. You're he does dick. He doesn't want the kids. When they're there... He's not with them. He's there with like his secretary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, duh. We're, we're, yeah, we're fully ignoring them. Yeah. But the power, the power yes. of like, I can ruin your wedding. Right, exactly. Ugh. Alan meets his fourth wife, Maureen, in 1993. Her family had actually hired a PI to check him out and found that he had lied about his education. He had the three marriages. He's a mm-hmm. piece of shit. They had to have had a bad feeling, fucking feeling about him. Who hires a PI? So <laughs> Sheila meets with Maureen to try to warn her. Sheila, kind of you. Yeah. Maureen is like, <laughs> crazy bitch. Doesn't okay. listen. I'm sure he told Maureen the entire time, like he told Sheila, every girl I've yep. ever known, lunatic bitch. Exactly. So despite every, her family and Sheila, she goes along with the marriage and is also four months pregnant fuck but actually things are fine with her like he never does anything to her for some reason oh he's still harassing sheila in court obviously encouraging the girls not to obey their mother um so sheila had had her tubes tied after daryl hannah because she's pretty much good i'm not having another kid with alan but now she's with jamie and she's like fuck so they decide to do ivf so she ends up getting pregnant with quadruplets no yeah no and like proceeds with that 
and she's five foot tall. Like oh. she's a square. Like she <laughs> is. She gives birth to three boys and one girl. Yeah. And she's a little bit like a local celebrity. She's like the quad mom. Like Octomom. Exactly. But half. Stevie and Daryl are acting out a little bit. They sneak out and stuff. And Jamie is an ex-Marine, so he's a little strict. He's got some discipline going on in the house. And mm. they're not used to that from Alan's house. You know what I mean? Yeah, and for sure not from men. Right. They're know? like, fuck you. Yeah. And like it must be hard to be like not the quads, you know, like yeah. being pushed aside by for the four babies. Um, so they have a neighbor named Pat. And the girls run to Pat and tell about their mom all the time. If I did this, so you here never. lies me. <laughs> So, and also what they're complaining about is like, my mom grounded me because I'm sneaking out. Like, I'm sorry, girls, you have to make your bed. So Daryl gets in trouble one day, runs to Pat. Pat calls Alan. So Pat, my mom would rock my world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See you later. Like, see you never. See you in heaven, girls. (laughs) (laughs) It's over. So Pat and Alan develop a relationship like, and she's a spy for him fully. She calls and tells him what's going on at the house next door. Is a woman? Yeah. Oh, Pat is a woman. Pat? Um, wow, I'm like shocked that yeah. we have a woman mm-hmm. intervening and getting the man, calling Alan, being like, this, your crazy ex-wife is like yelling oh, at your kids again. You're a fucking turncoat. Yeah. You're an agent of the fucking patriarchy. Yeah. Alan, do you want me to make sure they're all right and watch out for them and tell you what they're doing at every hour of every watch day? Watch out for them. Like you have any idea what kind of dad he's being yeah. to them. Yep. Yeah. You're a fucking idiot at best, if yeah. not a total fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Idiot at best, cunt at worst. Um, yeah, so they become good friends, like with Alan. Oh, Pat and rotten. Her husband. What a rotten little team. Okay. So Alan brings Sheila to court again, and she responds with the sexual abuse allegations yeah. from Stevie. And he drops the motion immediately and completely terminates his parental rights to the girls. Like he ever gave a fuck. Like he ever gave a fuck. He only ever cared about him. Yep. One night, Sheila and Jamie are going on a date and they notice someone tailing them. And it's neighbor Pat's 18-year-old son. He had been Uh, enlisted to spy as well. Alan had also hired a real PI to spy on them. Let it go. You're not even a parent to our children anymore. Yeah. Legally. Get the fuck out. He tells Stevie and Daryl that their mother forced him mm. and now he doesn't have to pay child support or anything oh, even yeah. though he's now a millionaire he's he is a millionaire he's married and has another kid with maureen now very much like don't you have a life yeah when he married maureen sheila was like oh thank god like maybe he'll leave us alone no, no. wrong damn wrong well he, he- <laughs> so alan is a big golfer but he's not a very good one golf he- is a hard game right He's not very good, but he does it like all day, every day, basically. And he mm. golfs with this man named Danny Rocha, who was almost a professional golfer. So he's much better than Alan, but they all, he like loves to gamble. So he, every game they play, he like bets a lot of money. And pretty soon he's giving Danny between 10 and $30,000. A game? A game. But Danny now does not have to work. He's making an entire income from playing golf with this guy. What a game. It's very strange because he almost always loses but he just loves to gamble so much that he just gives it away i think he enjoyed being a little embarrassed at the country club right so he's definitely getting that (laughs) (laughs) so maureen for i think his birthday alan gets like a golf excursion in oregon like a weekend and he brings danny with him obviously and on the flight in first class they're drinking and alan tells danny hey 
my ex-wife Sheila is beating our girls. She's a terrible mother. She does cocaine, blah, blah, blah. Do you what? know anyone who would kill her for me? Danny. Danny no. says, no, but I know someone, I might know someone who would like beat and maim her. I don't know anybody who would kill a woman, but I know he would hobble her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> why do you know a guy like that i don't know danny get a better fucking friend yeah fuck you danny for real get an air marshal if someone asks you hey do you know anybody <laughs> who would kill my wife ma'am hey press the button like i need an attendant yeah. i have to get off the plane <laughs> land this plane um and he's like okay, i think he's joking like he's drunk on this plane but throughout the weekend he kind of keeps bringing it up he tells danny that if you find a way to like Deal with my Sheila issue. I will give you 25% of a $20 million golf course project I'm working on. Hang on. Five million? Yeah. And like, I think the profits going forward, like you would be part of the business. You wouldn't have to play me every week. Right. Know? Yeah. It's <laughs> very have strange. To, like, fucking like whoop my ass every week on the court. <laughs> like bend me over your knee every day. <laughs> well, so, you know what though? To kill a lady? No. No. I'm Danny Rocha. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Danny's also a bookie. Oh, my God. And he wants to buy a sports bar to, like, launder his money, basically. So he tells Alan, I want you to give me a loan for the sports bar. And Alan says, no, that's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) No, not profitable. And then later, Alan says, fine, I'll give you the sports bar stuff if you can tell me the name of the person who will, quote, cripple Sheila and cut her tongue out. So Danny goes to a man named Sammy Gonzalez who works on the golf course and asks him, hey, can you beat up this woman, Sheila? And Sammy says, no, I'm not going to beat a woman. No, but I know someone who will. Everybody stop responding that way. Meanwhile, over with Sheila, Sheila finds out that Daryl has been sneaking out to go visit her father. And like calling him and talking to him, all this stuff. Huh. So Sheila does not a great thing. And she hits her with a belt. And where does Daryl go? To Pat. Daryl runs to Pat the neighbor, says her mom beat her with a belt, and she had three red marks on her side. Fuck. I hate that we gave Pat a legitimate reason Reason. to butt in. Right. But you fucking cannot hit your kid with a fucking belt, Sheila. Yeah. So Pat takes pictures of the injuries and calls the police. Now I'm torn. Like, I'm not bothered about that. Like, no, yeah, I mean, if a kid what are you came do? to me and was like, I got beat with a belt today, yeah. I'd take a fucking photo when I'd call 911. Yeah. Yeah. Pat calls the police. Sheila does not deny that she did this. She's like, yeah, I did. And I shouldn't have. Yeah. She was arrested and Daryl is taken to like a youth center. Stevie is left to watch the fucking quads. Front page news the next day, quad mom arrested for child abuse. I, I'm feeling like very torn about that. I know. I'm sure part of her anger in that moment was about like you don't get it i'm fucking terrified for you with your dad yes. like i'm i'm afraid for you yes and us like all yeah. of us yeah like you don't you don't get it your dad could like tear our world apart right you cannot be going there yeah you dumb fucking idiot right but i mean like thinking about the reasoning does not mean that it was in any world okay to do that exactly yeah so sheila gets released and charges were dropped um child protective services are like this is like an isolated thing yeah she's not like habitually abused this was like you can't beat your kids with an object but you can spank them so like moving on yeah really fucking tough (laughs) but they do say that they can't the family can't really be reunited until they complete their like family counseling yeah. so daryl's still like in the youth home for now but a few days later 
in the middle of the night, the whole family moves out to, and they move to Florida. So Pat wouldn't see. Um, they are fleeing. What? Yeah. Sheila and Jamie and the, the Octo. Yeah. And the um, quad. And Stevie all flee. In the middle of the night, they move to Florida. Were they afraid of Alan? Alan? Yeah. Because they're like, Pat is our next door neighbor and she's telling him everything. Pat, you kind of fucked up my entire life. Yeah, she did. Not like Alan did, but right, you're right, part right. of it. Right, right, right. So they don't share their new address with anyone. They barely tell anyone that they're leaving. They had to leave Daryl behind. They go get her. Okay. They get a P.O. box. So they go to pick up Daryl from the teen center like later. And Pat is there demanding that um, they let her adopt Daryl. Fuck off, Pat. And they're like, fuck off, Pat. Yeah. And they just go to Florida. And so Daryl has to go to a youth center in Florida now, but she's with the Fine, family. Fine, but be near the family. Yeah. So she's there Monday through Friday and then stays with the family on the weekends. We had a lot of that at the, the program. I right. worked at. Like, it was a residential program for children who had been removed from their home. And we had a lot of like weekday children who would like yeah. come on the weekend and just like reintroducing them. Yeah. Like for a little bit until it feels like you guys could all live together full time again. That's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. This is awful. November 7th, 1997. Now uh, we're in Florida. Jamie leaves her work in the morning. Sheila drops Stevie off at her middle school. Daryl's still at the teen center. Stevie comes home from school and it's just the four babies crying and stumbling around like they had been crying for hours. They have red splotches on them. Yeah. And clearly in distress. Remember Brenda? Uh, not Brenda. Um, Candy Montgomery. Yes. And yeah. The baby. Her little vocal cords were, like, were all fried. fried and she was all red and freaked out. Yeah. Like tired out from crying all day. Yeah. And there's like little footprints in blood. Oh, no. Yeah. Some of them are in life jackets, like they were about to go swimming. So Stevie finds her mom on the floor of the laundry room. She had been shot through her cheek oh. and her throat slashed and clearly deceased and had been probably since 9 or 10 a.m. So the kids, the quads have been alone with that um, all, day. all day and had witnessed it. So Stevie calls 911, and when the police arrive, she is just kneeling by her mother with the phone in her hand, just still on, on the Had been line. there for an hour. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? Do, what? How do they find her? Yeah, well, we'll get, to, we'll get there. Oh, I really don't feel good. Yeah. So police see that there was clearly a struggle, um, and when they ask Stevie what, they, what she thought happened, she immediately says that her, pro her father was probably responsible. She was like, I don't think, I think he hired someone. So it appeared that she was shot through the cheek and continued to fight until she was slashed in the throat. She had defensive wounds on her arms and hands, and the knife had at one point completely penetrated one of her hands. The knife was bent on her spinal cord. Oh, it's so terrible. They hit her so hard, the knife bent? Yeah. Um, some of the quads had blood on them. Ugh. Okay. A witness in the neighborhood reported seeing a strange white sports car in the um, area. And he wrote down the license plate because he was like, I'd never seen it before. And I'm suspicious. Um, and he saw a dark haired man in camouflage walking from the car. Camouflage in the middle of the day. You know, the camouflage is to blend in. <laughs> in like the woods, not like a suburban street at 9 a.m. Camouflage is meant to help you blend in. Yeah. 
You are in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> Blend in in the forest. Put on a linen outfit. Right. And you'll look way more normal. And you will look fucking normal to me yeah. in 1993. Put on a suit. This guy's a moron. Okay. Yeah, fucking Rambo shit. So the plate number matches the car um, registered to uh, Maria Del Toro, a woman in her 60s in Texas, but the car had not been reported stolen. Oh. So they have to go tell Daryl, who's in the youth center. She also says that she thinks her dad was responsible. She had admitted to talking with her dad on pay phones and giving him information about their new house and where it was. No. She described what it looked like and like the streets surrounding because she didn't actually have this exact address. Yeah. Um, he was like, I want to send you Christmas presents or something. And after he got the information from her, he never called her again. What a fucking animal. Uh, here's a shitty thing. So Jamie um, moves back to New Jersey where he's from with the quads and Stevie, but refuses to take Daryl because he blames her for her mother's murder. Shitty. Shitty. But how the fuck would you be dealing with what had happened in your home? Right. People aren't fucking perfect. I don't know how to deal with the fact that my wife got fucking murdered in front of my four children. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. But very fucking shitty. So Carrie, Sheila's sister, takes Daryl. The wild jump from that conversation, Carrie being 14, telling Sheila, like, I think he might be fucking creepy, man. Yeah. To like a decade later, and he fucking killed you. Yeah. He ended up fucking killing her. It's awful. Awful. Another, you know, just a reminder for when people are like, leave your abusive husband, blah, blah, blah. Rarely does ending the relationship end the violence, guys. Yeah, no, she got away a long time ago. Ten she years had a, ago. A new, new life, life, new marriage. She moved to a new area of the fucking country. Yeah. And he found her and fucking killed her. Literally ten years later. So the police find out that um, Maria Del Toro, the owner of the car, her grandson, Joey, drove the car. Joey, come on. They found the car at a girlfriend's house. And inside, they find directions to Sheila's house written on a piece of paper and the murder weapon, a gun. And when they ask the girlfriend about this, she says that she saw Joey talking to his cousin, Sammy Gonzalez. The guy from the club? The guy from the club. Fuck. But by this time, Joey has fled to Mexico and cannot be found. So they interview Sammy and he says, I know nothing. But he finally admits that Danny Rocha had asked him to beat up a woman and he couldn't do it. So he suggested his cousin, Joey. They haven't fully connected it to Alan yet, but they know for sure. Because yeah, the only he way... He with Danny every fucking day. The only way these people know who Sheila is, is because of Alan. So Danny Rocha and Sammy are arrested in late November. So just a couple weeks after the murder. Damn Joey fuck. is still in Mexico for a while. Okay, so 1999, Joey was finally extradited back to the U.S. and pled guilty to first-degree murder and received two consecutive life sentences. He says that while Sheila was out dropping Stevie off at school, he snuck in through a window and watched her with the quads for two hours. You watched a mother with her children. Yeah, like getting ready for, to put them in the pool. That's why they had the life jackets and on. And then what you were building up to do it the entire time? He said he was watching her and realized that she was not this abusive mother that everyone said she was. Oh so he God. was going to leave. And while he was leaving, he made a noise. She saw him and he shot her in the face. And he panicked and shot her? Yeah. Do you believe that? No. Okay. <laughs> he says he used a towel as a silencer, which is true. He did do this. Well, then you didn't do it in a moment of panic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he used a towel as a silencer and he shot her the one time and then the towel like clogged it so he couldn't use it again. So that's when he grabbed a knife from the kitchen and did this stuff. Cut her throat. Yeah. 
Yeah, you meant to do it. You what meant the fuck to do are it. you talking about? And just like, just leave. Just risk it then. You know what I mean? Yeah, leave. Like flee. she saw my face. What is she going to do? I was in her house. That's way better than I killed her. Now tell me who hired you. <laughs> so Sammy agreed to testify and he gets 19 years in prison. Danny rolled the dice and went to trial, but was sentenced to life. Wow. Danny tells everyone that he was hired by Alan. Yeah. Um, they all say that Alan convinced them that Sheila was beating her children. You don't get to kill people. Right. Though. You call 911 or call child protective, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And they look into it. Yeah. And I get that that is like not a perfect um, plan and that right. will not always work out for the favor of the kid. Yeah. But like, that is what we have. And yeah. that is the only thing you're allowed to fucking do. It just feels like they were all just like pretending to believe that. Like they yeah. were all pretending to be like, that's why we're doing that. But we know just we to want make the it money. palatable just to make it palatable to them. Like, Oh great. She's bad. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so they arrest Alan. Alan's defense is that Danny was trying to impress Alan by having his wife, his ex-wife murdered. Like he was so enamored with him and wanted to get in his good graces that he's like, I just did it. Cause I knew he'd like it. Okay, man. Alan, of course, testifies in his own defense, but is found guilty um, and is given two life sentences. Good. In 2001, he was almost murdered by a prison gang. Um, He was moved to a Florida prison where he was segregated from Gen Pop and died in 2014 when he was 59. And his cause of death was never released. I wish the gang got him. I know, because maybe they found out he was a fucking child molester as well. Yeah. So. Work. Uh, The book is... um, Every breath you take, I think. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Wowie. I know. It's devastating. Another bad guy. And they all are like kind of the same. A lot of generational trauma yeah. and men acting that shit out on women. Yeah. And it's always like, at least for the Anne Rule ones, it's like the third wife they kill. Like the first yeah. two, they like horribly abuse. Yeah. And then they kill the third one. And they shove the third off a rock. Exactly. Off a high rock. Exactly. Uh, feel free to absorb that information. I enjoyed it. Great. In in whatever way that we are able to enjoy. You know what we mean. Feel free to share the information as the way you heard it. Tell no one. Goodbye. Goodbye.